I am the wild blue yonder, the front line in a never-ending battle between good and not so good. Together with my stalwart sidekick Arthur and the magnanimous help of some other folks I know, we formed the Ying to Villainy's malevolent Yang. Destiny has chosen us. Wicked men, you face the tick. Alright guys, Adam Braidwood, the Boogeyman, decided to take the week off this week. So we went to our number two, and it's 10 minutes with the tick. Brian Colwell. Uh, what's up, guys? Glad to be back. Sorry to hear that. Uh, to take away from your regular scheduling program, we all know how good 10 minutes with the Boogeyman is. I will fill in this week. Well, you were my first pick to fill in because Luke Spicer shit on you, and it wasn't very nice. Oh, yeah. No. And it's like that. Like, we all know he's balding. He's got test issues and a bunch of other, like, problems. And it's like, you got to come after me, like, the one guy that, like, kind of has your back on the show. I mean, Dario doesn't like you, throws you under the bus. Braidwood barely puts up with you. I'm the only one that at least responds to your Instagram messages and, like, tries to be nice to you. And then it's just, it's just, you know, you expect a certain amount of class from people. Even on this show, this is a comedy show. And to just, the things that Luke says, just, I, I can't wait till the day that, you know, you finally lose patience with him and you just replace him with a mop. And you just talk to the mop for an hour. <laughs> oh. Well, Luke is a librarian. He's very boring and awkward and he's not funny. Not in the slightest. But like I mean the worst part is that he knows he's not funny and he still tries to be, which only makes it worse. Like I mean I'm not Braidwood, I'm not gonna throw around the term awkward because it's kind of Braidwood in your word, but like I don't know. We gotta hit up a thesaurus and find out something akin to awkward because that's like Luke's picture is gonna be in it, and I don't know. Hundred percent. That's all I'll say about that's all I'll say about Luke Spicer because I don't want to give him any more, more attention or glory than he deserves because he deserves none. Um, when are you gonna fight? By the way, Luke, it's been like six months we've been waiting, and you keep talking about it, but you never fight. So, you know. Well, I don't know. That's 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 all I have to say about Luke Spicer. Well, you and I got into a little bit of Instagram beef. <laughs> yeah if you mean that uh i got a bigger beating than fucking the hulk on loki in the last marvel it was a one-sided one-sided showdown to say the least but i'd like to point out i did my best and <laughs> learned a lot about photoshop in a, in a hurry so what everybody doesn't know is that i don't actually do those on photoshop oh no what program do you use then asking you about that and you're pretty you're keeping that pretty close to the chest i use a cut and paste app on my phone oh really that's because <laughs> that's like actually really good quality for just like doing it on your phone even though when i posted i had to rip up pull up like some 3d pick art thing on my computer and that's maybe why mine didn't turn out as good <laughs> yeah no i just i literally use my thumb and my cell phone yeah well you've got it figured out there's a reason why you're king of the internet, so you and Google. Well, I do. Uh, okay, well, here is some other words for awkward. Uh, they can be difficult, tricky, embarrassing, uncomfortable, unpleasant, delicate, problematic. Those last three or four sounded about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> problematic is him, him in a computer. Problematic is just him in life. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some some Brian Caldwell news. You got a fight coming up, and it's a big one. Yeah, it is 
by far the biggest fight of my boxing career. On March 3rd, I'm going to Spokane, Washington to fight the man, the myth, the legend, Cam Awesome. Those of you who don't know, that's his real name, Cam Awesome. Um, he's got a couple Netflix documentaries done on him. Um, in 2012, he came one fight. No, he actually qualified for the Olympics, um, but failed to show up for drug testing. In 2016, he came one fight short of going to the Olympics. He lost um, to Cuba, I believe. And it led to, if you Google Cam Awesome, the first video that pop up is his post-fight interview after that fight, where he calls, like, Cam likes to talk about himself in third person a lot. He's part of the reason he's such a character. He does comedy shows and stuff. Anyways, in the uh, post-fight interview, he has an entire conversation with himself about how he's the Taylor Swift of boxing, but not the Taylor Swift of boxing, but still is the Taylor Swift of boxing. Anyways, so he might sound like a lunatic, but he's an incredibly talented fighter. He's fought, um, he was at the 91 plus kilogram weight class, and he was at the 91 K, uh, weight class, which is mine now, heavyweight. And uh, so twice he's almost gone to the Olympics. He's got, from what I understand, because it's a little hard with amateur boxing, he's got, I know for a fact, he's got over 500 amateur fights. And right now he holds the record in the United States for the most knockouts at heavyweight. So uh, the previous 91 kilogram Canadian fighter, a guy named uh, Samir Elmay, he fought him at the Continentals and lost um, the close fight. So in terms of this being my first year on the team and um, shooting for 2020 a couple years down the road, it's a good opportunity for me to kind of test myself and prove myself to the uh, Canadian organization that I'm the new guy. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to beat Cam. He's got an awkward style and he's in incredibly good shape. But, I mean, uh, the difference between Samir and me is uh, even though Samir was an incredibly talented boxer, he didn't have the centralized program that Canada has this year. So, I mean, I'm not making a lot of money being here in Montreal, but I'm getting paid to train and fight six days a week. So uh, that's only going to work in my favor. And I know that I've got this guy. I know I've got his number. So if you had said the name Leroy Thompson, I would know who this Nobody guy is. Oh, really? You know you know his, his old name then? Yeah, like he was he on... officially changed. He was on TV. And he was doing, like, some yeah. amateur boxing thing. He has got a really awkward style, but you should punch him out. Yeah, well, um, I've had, like, a few people, like, since I posted up the fight, um, a few people have trained with me and everything like that. Uh, one guy out in Vancouver, uh, Connell McPhee, he was an old pro fighter. I've trained with him. And uh, he wasn't happy with the post that I made because I tried to give, like, you know, I'm on the Canadian team, so I tried to give uh, Cam some respect, and I called him right on there, the man, the myth, the legend, like, excited to fight him and test myself. And he sent me a big, long Instagram message about how it's not the right mentality and I got to have the Mike Tyson mentality and, you know, you got to go in ready to, like, can't show weakness and blah, blah, And then after he got finished his rant, he said, biggest thing you need to remember is, like, you've got power and power changes everything. He's like, you, he's, like he's like, I know you, I've worked with you, you only need one punch. So, mm -hmm. it's good, always good to, I wouldn't say I've got Braidwood power because nobody has Braidwood power but no. i do pretty good for 201 grade with like 245 hey man i got respect for guys that, that go about it a respectful way like i'm not built like that i'm not wired that way but i do respect <laughs> it like i get it you want to give the guy props but here's my problem with cam f awesome is how many how many amateur fights yeah. has he had uh, all i know is it's over 500 i'm i don't have an exact uh-oh call is on hold what the fuck? Hold on, yeah. He's Hold back. On. Pulled the Manny Montreal, got a phone call. In the Classic. Middle of this. Who was calling? Which I think was a job interview was to answer, but whatever. It's oh, a future Brian problem. Them. So Cam F. Awesome has had 500 amateur fights. What's his record? Yeah. 
Oh, who knows? Right. I mean, it's it's not like uh, pro boxing where you can hit up like a box wreck or something like that and figure that out. Um, you just at, at a certain point, it's not like and it's not without a career like Lomachenko either. Um, like nobody's after a certain point. Um, I don't think anybody really keeps track anymore. Well, how old is he? He is thirty. I believe he's this uh, two years older than me. Well, come on, Cam. You've had five hundred fights. Let's maybe go pro, make some money, stop fucking around. Uh, well, he actually he's, he's he's addressed that before. The reason he's not going pro is uh, because he's he feels like um, the concussion and long term brain damage that is associated with uh, professional boxing. Um, the toll that you put on your body is not something he wants to um, work with or however you want to put it. And, um, so that's why like, he's got a bunch of stuff on the side. Like he's a comedian and he's a character and he's got other things going on in his life, but boxing is kind of his fallback, I guess, or not really his priority. Another reason why I know I'll beat him. Okay. Let me ask you a question then, Brian, how many people have you rendered unconscious in an amateur boxing fight? Uh, four. That's called the concussion. Yeah. And especially like I don't know why you'd be bought like we're heavyweights we're 200 pounds like it's not like we're 132 or 145 where you know like they're like everybody at our weight every time you step in the ring at our weight class you run the risk of not knowing math Monday morning because it's just that it's physics it's you know science so I'm just going to put it out there that I think Cam might be scared to do three minute rounds and maybe more than a couple of them and uh Realistically, Cam, you're fighting at heavyweight in amateur boxing. It doesn't matter. If somebody touches you, you're going to sleep. You're going to get a concussion. So your concussion argument for that is stupid. Yeah, I mean, and, and to a certain extent, I mean, in the pros, like, you're you're fighting longer. There's, there's a pace to it. You got to, like, you know, you, like, nobody can go 12 rounds throwing bombs and sprinting the whole time. Whereas amateur at three threes is a sprint. Yeah. I mean, if you lose the first round, like there's a very common saying in boxing, like if you lose the first round, it's very hard to win the fight because you've only really got two opportunities. And I mean, the judges are already looking at that from the first round. I mean, every every amateur boxing fight is is a war because you've only got three rounds. Whereas, I mean, look at the friggin' like, and that's why, like, to circle back to the last time I was on here with the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, Mayweather gave up the first three rounds. Let Conor McGregor punch himself out because you can like with 12 rounds, you can pace, you can pick your shots and you can not like, you know, score some stuff in the middle of the round. or like you can come out and you can kind of do what Canelo did to Golovkin. Like, you know, you take those first two rounds, like, you know, get score some points, get those first two, three rounds in the bank. And then you can kind of sit like you can recover for two or three rounds and then come back in six, seven, eight. Like, I mean, it's, it's a completely different game, game plan. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that like, Oh, I'm going to get concussions in, and heavyweight, but I won't in amateurs, is a little bit ridiculous. Like, yeah, we fight with bigger gloves, and yeah, we fight with headgear, but guess what? Over the last few years, the gloves are now 12s, and the headgear is coming off. So, and the pace is just is just different. Like, guys are coming and throwing, sprinting. It's full bore from bell to bell. It's what it is. That's why yeah. I like amateur boxing for that reason. Cause it, especially, it's a, especially, yeah. It's a fist fight for three rounds. Yeah. Like there's like you got to go and you got to go now. There is no waiting. There's no there's there's no real thing. That's why I, 
a lot of people ask me like like how are you preparing for this opponent or preparing for that opponent with three rounds you don't really have a lot of time to implement a game plan all you can really do is like is focus on polishing what you're good at and try to remove your weaknesses you got to go in and just do you you don't have you don't have time to figure them out get timing because guess what by the time you figure out his timing it's it's going to take you at least a round so you've probably already lost the first round try to start implementing in your game like if you give up the first and second round you've lost the fight even if you get even if you get a 10 count in the third you do the best you can hope for is a draw and guess what there are no draws in amateur boxing okay next question cam awesome i don't like you just saying <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so we got Bruno Berdician who's going to be fighting on the fifteenth in Montreal. I thought he, I thought he was sleeping on the fifteenth. Oh. Uh, that's what I heard was happening. He's going to hit the fucking canvas. That's what that's going to happen. That's a guarantee. I mean, I even like he's only responded in one Instagram post, and it was him with his like cuddling a dog with a blanket around his like, oh, thanks for the shout out or something. Mm -hmm. I mean. So I, I mean, uh, Dario's my boy. I got it. Like, if Dario thinks you're getting knocked, like Dario's your brother. Dario's training you. Dario thinks you're going to sleep time and can't wait to talk shit to you about it. Then I just gotta say that's Piper's been paid. Your your ticket's punched. Now, is there any way that we can get you to go to that fight? Um, if it's in Montreal, but I feel like oh yeah, actually, if it's in Montreal, I can probably get there. That would be awesome. See why not. Because Dario will be there, and uh, sounds good. Yeah, I'll I'll figure that out today then. Because I do know there's uh, another one of my team my teammates, uh, Carolyn Ver, who's a uh, is a girl. Her girlfriend is fighting on it as well. Uh, Jay Cobra, or I don't know her Instagram name or whatever. So at uh, Manny's gym, Don she trains at Manny's gym, the Donnie Brook gym. So if Manny can't make it to the 15th card, maybe he can. I'll message him. Maybe he can get me in there or at least get me close to it or something because manny's not going to it so if we could send you yeah, no that would be awesome yeah um yeah certainly. i'll message him as soon as we get done here and see if uh, he can help a brother out manny's good for that kind of thing so all right let's clear the air too with the uh video games minecraft you do not play that do not play that i'm a skyrim guy like dario that's it just skyrim no, you know I play a lot of other embarrassing shit that you'd love to roast me for, but I'm not going to admit it. Minecraft is not one of them, though. There don't is... play League of Legends. Don't play any esports or any of that shit with like the Koreans and you know, all that kind of crap. But I play yeah. more video games than I should. There is another Red but Dead Redemption coming out. Yep, it's coming out this summer. That'll be great. Um, we we talked about that last time we were on here. I'm looking quite forward to that. There's nothing really else coming out soon. I mean. Rockstar was it's the only major thing coming out so I mean I didn't get I'm not into the Call of Duties or anything like that anymore because I don't like having 12 year olds screaming in my ear about how they're going to rape my mother and stuff like that so kind of stay away from those I don't know if you've been on the Xbox or the Playstations lately but the internet is not a fun place on there I'll stick to my uh, my Facebooks and my Instagrams so I have UFC 2 for Xbox One and I got a ban from Xbox Live <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was playing. All right, all right, all right. Who's surprised? All right, audience out there listening, who's surprised that Tanner got banned on UFC on UFC two? None of us are. So I was playing with this kid, and I knocked him out, and he proceeded to give me a verbal beatdown. It, it was, Did he try? It was ruthless. Like what he said to me was ruthless. <laughs> so then I, I called him a Cheeto feet. Uh, Cheeto fingered little fat kid jerking off in his mom's basement, and then it proceeded into some other stuff. And then I found out later that he was ten, 
So I felt kind of bad, not really. But uh, his, he started it. His mother was fairly upset with me, and Xbox Live did not appreciate it, so they gave me a thirty-day ban. I'm telling you, like the world is not fair. <laughs> so when you're a shitty person, shitty things happen. Yeah, but you're not Luke Spicer. You're not a shitty person. No, I'm not a cunt. <laughs> okay, so All right, I guess it's... before we get out of here, Brian, explain to me yep. why Luke is such a piece of shit. Well, you said I only have a minute, right? Well, we've been going for 16, so I think I can give you a couple more. Well, okay, the reasons that Luke Spicer is a shitty person. For one, he kickboxes, which is, the you know, like... I mean, why he's got to go around kicking people? I got to mean, second thing, he runs a, he runs a, like just like the shittiest setup at his house ever. I mean, you can't even get him to like like good, the good thing is he's learned to not speak during a podcast anymore. But I think part of that is because he can't figure the internet out. And I mean, anybody who's under the age of sixty that can't figure the internet out or how to make a Skype call work should just be institutionalized. Like, give him his red and blue pill every day and let him drool all over himself. And because that's just an, and I mean, he's not funny. He's he brings nothing to the show that, like, you could just talk to Siri all day. At least like her monotone voice, like, sounds a little bit funny. I mean, he's balding. He can't fight. Refuses to fight. Does belly pad challenges and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty sure the belly pad challenge was originally supposed to be like a minute of getting punched in the stomach, but he's so soft that he had to put on a belly pad before he let anybody hit him. I mean. Is he's just one of those like Luke's the kind of guy that like if you if you're walking down a street and you see him on the sidewalk, you you cross and you go to the other side of the street because you're not sure what's gonna go wrong, but he's probably gonna like where he's gonna be wearing a trench coat. He's gonna try and flash you. He's gonna try and just st- sell you something that you don't need. And I mean, but I, I I mean I can say much like I'm trying to not say like curse too much or say too terrible things, but at the end of the day there's like there's delineating variations of like terrible people in this world. And Luke Spicer is it is the lowest lowest iota of that. I mean he, he he's kinda of guy that would be that creepy clown from the it movie. He's had hiding out in sewers trying to lure kids in there just not to like kickbox them. Who is this person in the background? <laughs> That's my roommate, uh, Eric. He's another Team Canada member. Is this He's the 123 weight class? Is this the original roommate? Yeah, this is this is the OG roommate. I haven't switched up on him yet. That freaks out on the internet at chicks. I was hilarious on oh, Instagram. Yeah, the dude who's always going on the internet to talk smack on with his buddies to people in Mexico and the states and stuff like that. He goes by for uh, if anybody if you're on one of those random uh, voice chat apps and you want to do a guy named Tyrone Biggums. That says he's from the West Coast. Right now, yeah, you're down. talking to Eric Azrael. <laughs> Writing that down. I'll make him cry. But, uh, but in real life, he's a uh, he's a 123 boxer from Canada. Here, he's going to the Commonwealth Games in April, and he's bringing home a medal. Well, good for Still him. Still a shitty person, but he's a really good boxer. We'll root for him. Now, is he from Surrey? Yes, he is. Okay. He is. That, he, he's the gangster from Surrey. That explains it all. Yeah. Where's Wyatt? Wyatt is a Muppet, and he lives with Alexi, the 91-plus guy. So they live, like, five, six blocks from here. They'll be coming and pick me up in about 15 minutes to go to training at 3 o'clock. See, I, I, I've grown a strong dislike to Wyatt. Everybody has. And I think I'm going to start trolling him on the internet hard. 
I would, I would absolutely love that because every time I post anything about him, he says in his broken. Actually, pardon me. It's not. I always thought that it had a broken Nova Scotian accent until I met his mom, and his mom's direct. Like she came to watch one of his fights, and it was just her direct quote was, "No, my son's just a fucking idiot with a speech impediment." So what really set me off with Wyatt was when he called you sexy on Instagram. That, that oh, happened. I know. Like I was one. Like one of my biggest mistakes was to try and like include him and like make him like. I was like, hey, like I should be nice to this kid. He's the youngest guy on the team, um, and yeah. And then of course Braidwood just had a field day with it, so of course that really did. blew up in my face. Of course he did. So what is what is Wyatt's deal then? Like, it, it, how old is this kid? Uh, Wyatt is nineteen years old from Connecticut, Nova Scotia. Does he have a boyfriend? Um. Yes. What's his name? He claims it's a girlfriend, but I also think her last name is JPEG. Oh. Well, let's be honest. We don't have a problem with guys dating guys or girls dating girls, but we need to know his situation. Well, um, all I know is this. is The other night, he told me that um, he couldn't come because every we three nights a week, me and him go for a run, and he told me that he couldn't come because his back hurt. And then it turns out that it wasn't his back hurt. He had to go and get a colonoscopy. <laughs> and... Then apparently he bailed on the colonoscopy, and so he's still going. And, like, the thing is, is, like, this kid, I hate to steal Braidwood's word, but he's so awkward that when he starts telling me about the colonoscopy that he has to get, one of the first things he leads with is how, not like, you know, oh, it's a medical procedure or whatever like that. He goes, like, hey, so do you know when you get a colonoscopy, you get to choose, like, the insertion, like, device thing or whatever like that? And it's like, no, Wyatt, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, Apparently, there's one you can get that's like a fist. And it was like, well, this joke just wrote itself. So, oh well, I'm so glad that's I'm why it's Sanford. So glad I don't live in Quebec oh. because I will take it. Wyatt would I'm, cry. He does take the joke pretty well. Oh, he and he's he's already gotten some issues, and he claims to cry himself to sleep every night. And like, I I did feel bad, but then I met his mom, and his mom encourages it. So. Because she thinks he's a pussy. What is Wyatt's Instagram? Uh, Wyatt Sanford. Uh, I want to say it's Wyatt underscore Sanford. Prepare. I'll for tag him in one of my next. I'll I'll tag him in an Instagram story later today, so you can follow him up. Yeah, I'm not gonna follow him. I'm just and gonna make, make memes him. about him. <laughs> oh, well, so you can tag him or whatever like that, and I will make sure that he listens to this episode. All right. So and that he starts listening. So bye. He doesn't listen to the show. Where'd, where'd Brian go? Can you hear me? No. It's another reason why I don't like him very much. Oh, he doesn't listen to the show. What a piece of shit. I hear you. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's the date of your fight? March 3rd, Spokane. Then one month after that, I'm off to Edmonton for nationals, where I'll be defending my national title. And what is the date of the gangster's fight that's over in the corner, not paying attention to me? Uh, gangster Eric is going to the Commonwealth Games April 4th to the 14th and he's fighting in gold coast australia go get it and that's 10 minutes with a tick
This is Jelena Marjanovic, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Alright guys, welcome back to the Spice Life Podcast. We're going to kick the show off today with a little lyrical masterpiece from Tyson Fury. I want to grow old with you. I want to die lying in your arms. I want to grow old with you. Jennifer Lopez. What's up, boys? Spice Life Podcast, we got Steve Claggett. What's up, Steve? How's it going, guys? Alright, Steve, tell us some news. Um, I'm signed, signed with, uh, Knockout Night Promotions, and I will have four fights this year, and I will, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe even five, we'll see how they go, but, um, I finally have guarantees for, like, the first time ever, which is pretty awesome. Uh, where is, the is first? where is Knockout Night Promotions? He's out of the States. Uh, he's like a co-promoter, so he works with a bunch of other promotional companies, which is good because it restricts me from nothing. He's got 18 dates this year, and I think he has a few working with Top Rank, and I think he has a few working with um, Roy Jones Jr. promotions and some other guys like that. So we're going to have an active year. Nice. That's good news. I like to hear that. Do you have a, Do you have a date? coming up though the, the this first this first scrap or what's going on <sighs> no i mean it, it's tricky right because there's so many like you have to find the opponent who's going to do it you have to um get like they first they have the date then you got to find the opponent then you got to get them to agree and then you have to come to the terms it's like it's such a process and that's why i'm lucky to have a good manager like Max Matheny is my manager, and now he's just handling that kind of stuff. And I know that I'll be fighting soon. It's just a matter of when to be determined, right? But I'm pretty sure, like, I'm ready right now. I I, I would love to fight. I was looking. I wanted to fight on Chinese New Year, but that's not going to happen. Um, March, what? Sometime in March. As soon as they give me the offer, as soon as they confirm an opponent, I'm ready to go. So sometime soon. I like that. Um, okay, so what goes on with your belt then? Are you going to defend that thing, or are we going on to bigger and better things? Well, you guys know how the belts work, where the you got to pay a sanctioning fee. Mm -hmm. And now it was nice because the last time the other side paid for the sanctioning fee, um, but me, myself... We'll see. Like, I, I don't know. If my promoter feels like paying for the sanctioning fee, I'd happily defend it because I feel like you're a champion when you get it, but you're really a champion when you keep it. So um, hopefully I can get my guy to um, put the belt up on the line because that would be awesome, right? But as far as that one, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, sometimes those belts are, are steep, right? So it's a big ask a lot of the time. But let's see. I'd love to defend it because the IBF North Americans, my, you know, that is the most legit name I think that I've had. And 
I think that that uh, is a legitimate, real, real step in the right direction for a world title. Get Takata to pay for it and then knock out Zab Judah and retire him again. I like Zab. Zab's a friend of mine. And I knew, uh, this one was tricky for me because I had a feeling that that was the idea behind the whole thing um, to have me fight Zab. But I like Zab. This guy like helped me when I was young. When I was like 20, oh. I went to Vegas and I, tra- I sparred with Zab. And then back then he was like, I don't know. He showed me different, like, like head roll. He showed me how to do these different moves that I use now. And like, this guy, I've known him for ten years. And so oh, it's that's a tough spot for me. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're fighters, and it's like if he needed it, and we we're gonna put it on a great show, and it was gonna be awesome. We could, you know, we both agreed to it. We could talk business. But as far as I'm concerned, right now, I think that I'm going south. I think I'm gonna fight in the states, and I, I think that. Maybe homecoming fight next year would be cool, but for right now, I think I got to rack them up, kind of uh, go on the road a little bit. Well, you got a, a sparring partner of yours sometimes that's going to be fighting this weekend. It's Cam O'Connell. Yes, sir. Uh, from what I understand, that fight is going to be broadcast live on the Eye of the Tiger Facebook page. Nice. So we'll nice. be able to watch it. Yeah, which is good. So all the best, Cam. He's going into enemy territory. Let's see. Let's hope he can pull it off. I know he's in shape. He's really been working hard. And I how uh, how did he feel this time training uh, uh, post the last time? Like, like it's getting rounds in. Stronger. He's like, I can tell. You can always tell when a fighter has been doing work on their own because they have this ability to dig down. And it's like when the guy, when the times get tough, when the sparring is tough, or when, you know, when it's like later rounds, like I'm fighting 10 rounds. Cam, I don't know how many this fight is scheduled for. It could be 10 as well. But he is like, he's stronger now than he was before. Uh, he's hitting harder now than he was before. He's working on a couple of tricks, working on a couple of moves. So I'm thinking he's looking good going into this fight. So all the best to Cam. Let's uh, bring it back. Let's do, an, let's do another one kind of like how I did it. Let's do it a little bit cleaner with all the hangers on. But um, let's let's get it done, Cam. I can't wait to see that fight. And Simon Keane's going to be competing on that card too, so there will be an opportunity for some shit talk, obviously, after that. Right. I always see that guy and always hear shit talking. But I don't really know the whole story behind it all, so I'm just kind of observing it's fun though. Might as well. It's computational business. Yeah. Talk some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week we had on maybe I don't even want to really call him a nemesis, but more of a nuisance to you. And that's uh that was Manny Montreal. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he had some very nice things to say about you. Well, I'll take those and I'll accept those, but it doesn't Erase the fact that he spent the last two months of his life making videos, posts, blogs, uh, speeches, and everything else to try and knock me. So I don't really care about Manny Manny Montreal. Well, he did put out a video. I I did rebuttal to it, and then I think it might have made things worse. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, kind of made it more of a... A funny video. Basically, I insinuated that him and Ulysses were dating. 
right? Because obviously, <laughs> with the, with the video that he put out was was pretty one sided and biased. And then, yeah. and then I just gave my score. Yeah, and I mean, I scored the fight six to four for me. Correct. I, I have no ju- uh, like grudge with Eves. That was a good fight. He went in there. He just good. He's a, we're fighters. So we just go and fight. Um, Manny decided to. I you know what I think happened? He's a so-called boxing analyst, aka self-proclaimed specialist of the sport. He made a prediction. He was proven wrong, and so he's going to do anything and everything to try and clear his name and explain why he was right. He was really right. So I think that he's just trying to kind of. You know, catch catch all the pieces because he was wrong. So, you know, people just let him spin his tires. This is why I love Steve because he, like, he'll say stuff about somebody, but it's not actually disrespectful. It's you say it in a nice way where I would just be like, "You suck." Right. Well, (laughs) I like Steve because you never know. You know, you know, he wants to say it, but he's got a more intelligent way of saying it than everybody else. Well, you know what? It's confrontational business, so you're going to have to accept some sort of um, everybody. You know, at times people are going to be against you. It's just part of the way that it was that it is. I turned professional at 19. I remember it was me, Logan McGinnis, um, Buzz Grant, Tony Lewis, and I think it was just yeah, the four of us and we were all kind of up on the rise, and we we're all in the lightweight division. And then all of a sudden, people started messaging me on Facebook. People started sending me all this stuff, who are obviously friends and fans of his, and they start just bashing me. <laughs> and I was like, at 19, I was like, well, like I don't even know these people. How are they going to do this? Uh, you know, how, Why are they going to attack me like this? But then um, I, I remember I reached out to like my dad. My dad's like, shut up. <laughs> like, you better have tough skin if you're going to be in the public eye. It was like quick, like that's what he told me, and I was like, "That is true." And so nowadays, I just, you know, I've been professional for almost, I'm almost a decade in, which is pretty cool, and I've just kind of advanced. I, I've, I've like learned little edges, little mental game things, and I accept the stuff that comes with it because I'm a fighter. I, that's just who I am. I woke up one day and I've been a professional boxer for eight years. You know, like surprise, but it doesn't. You know, I'm a nice guy. I'm mean in the ring. Um, I try and keep a good civil tone with everything that I'm doing. I'm very Canadian. I'm polite. Um, you know, this is just the way that I am. But don't get me wrong. I can scrap too. So there's a nice little balance that I got going on. And every once in a while, when pushed, I will retaliate verbally as well as physically. <laughs> but I like to keep things professional. So the greatest shit-talking event that I think has ever happened on Steve's Facebook was with the masked luchador that challenged you to a fist fight. Right. I died laughing so hard because (laughs) (laughs) he was like, I'm a black belt in this and this and this, but I'm also a professional wrestler. He was dead serious, too. Dead serious. Dead serious, yeah. (laughs) And he wanted, but I mean, if this was... If you were to fall in and 
play into all of these. You'd be fighting every day of your life all day. It's just the way that it is, especially with social media. Everybody hides behind the phone, hide behind the computer, right? The meanest stuff that you've ever written about somebody. And then afterwards, no repercussion. So it's the it's a world of free speech and everybody's in contact. So whatever, bring them all, uh, line them up. All these like masked wrestlers, all these like um, fanboys from Montreal, <laughs> all, all these like whatever, man. That's just part of the game. Steve dropped one line to him and it ended very abruptly. Name the place. Right. Nothing. Yeah, he doesn't want. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not actually gonna fight the guy, <laughs> but it's always funny to kind of call him on it, just to you see know, what'll absolutely. happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's from my city. I think uh, I have no idea actually. Yeah. But yeah. Right. Like, okay, come to the gym if you want to fight. Come sign some waivers and let's spar, and I'll I'll see how you're. You know, let's see what you're really about behind all that talking. Let's see if you can do anything with it, but. I mean, I can't waste time with that. I just, it's just entertainment for me, and everybody kind of laughs and uh, controversy sells. And, you know, my my Facebook is always, everybody always has a good time when things like that happen. So who, who doesn't enjoy it? Deep down inside, I actually really wanted him to show up to your gym with his wrestling tights on and his luchador mask and put on some gloves and spar you because it would have made for an amazing video. Oh, it would have been sweet. It would have been sweet. Uh, I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah, look at Luke. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> All right. So what's new then, Steve? What have you been doing? Just training? Yeah, just train. I'm, I'm on a full – I'm in training camp mode. I, I train with my coach, Vlad Goldenstein. Vlad, Vlad has taken me to the next level. There was like – I've had a, like an up and down career, and I've had back and forth, and had bad. You want to talk about everyone giving me a hard time for the bad decisions? Welcome to my life, man. You know, <laughs> like, and I won that fight. So how can you, you know? But, anyways, Vlad and I are working on some really good stuff, and um, we're up in the power because knockouts sell, you know, and. I plan on going, like, my next couple of fights, I, I guarantee people are going to see a big, big improvement because I'm not, one of, like, I'm not knocking anybody, but there are too many fighters in the game of boxing who train when they hear about the fight, but other than that, they're not training. Yes. You can't be a half-measure fighter. It doesn't work because you'll be exposed in the late rounds, and I just feel like... I'm a fighter for life. I live in camp. That's just how I, it's the only thing I really know. So that's the way I'm going to do it. And then you kind of, you build, the way I like to think of it is you build momentum in your training camp. And then when a fight comes up or an offer comes up, guess what? I'm already going. I'm already rolling. Now I just zone in and, and you know, focus in on one opponent, one style. And this is the way to do it because, I'm three and all with my coach with Vlad. We're three and all with two belts, and we've beaten two undefeated fighters. So it's looking good right now, and we're looking to continue. So you went yeah. through a little bit of a rough spell. You had a lack of fights for an extended period of time. Um, what was the big thing that changed? Was it Vlad, or was it was it getting with him, and then something mental? Um, getting with him and something mental. 
because I kind of figured like it's weird how it works. It's like it's like an inside job. It's not an external job. It's all from the inside. And a lot of times it's like you can't help it if you're not getting the offers. But if you're creating momentum and everyone's like behind you, people are like, yeah, Steve should fight this guy. Steve should do that. Now all of a sudden there's pressure on promoters and other sides to fight you. And then Vlad has changed my life. Vlad has brought me back to, you know, my passionate self in boxing like before and this is not again not knocking anybody eric de guzman to office of boxing this is my roots this is where i started this is like everything that's how i became a boxer at 13 and it's like but at time at a time we just start going different ways he's trying to do shows in calgary local stuff lock it down i'm trying to go international blow up get you know on the world stage so we're just different paths, but I thank him for everything and helping me out there. And but what happened was, at a certain point in my career, I was very lost because we were after two different goals, and I felt very alone. And I had a couple of fights when, let's just say the Van Heerden fight, I had a strength and conditioning coach in my corner and my friend. I brought my buddy with me. And that's who's in my, co my corner against Van Chris Van Heerden, who is a good fighter. He has a world-class coach. They've been there before. Now, I still believe I won the fight, but that's a close decision. You can't, you can't say, like, that decision stands, so whatever. But had I had Vlad in my corner, I would have beat him. Despite all the other stuff, you know, personal issues, whatever else, I would have beat him. And now having the certainty of having a great coach beside me, behind me, with me in the gym every single day, like Vlad is so committed. Like we're we're a team, and so now my my fire's back, kind of. It's like I I had um, I've always had the talent. I just need the structure. And as a um, up and coming fighter, it's great to have a good coach behind you who loves the sport. Vlad watches video as much. As I do, you know, studying boxing, getting better and better. And now um, my fire is back, and this is where my career is going to have a, a second rise. I had the original rise, had some falls, and then I built it back up again, and now I'm on a roll. So when you won that, that it was IBF title, right? Yeah, IBF North American. IBF North American title. How did that feel at that time? Because you're, that was your third fight with with your coach. Yep. And like this this rough stuff wasn't even that far gone. Right. So how how did that feel? That's very true because the rough stuff wasn't far gone. And you know what? After the fight, I was like, something terrible is going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know why. I just I had this feeling that something. I don't know. Like I just. I've had such a, I'm not complaining, but I've had bad, I've had a rough time in boxing. There's been a lot of times when things have not been so easy for me. And then attached to the sport that I love is this massive feeling of potential pain where everything could go wrong, even though I did right. Um, sometimes it was self-induced where I had the fight in the Philippines where I just didn't know how to make weight and travel, and that's just lack of experience and knowledge. 
But other times it was like when I fought Lapoli and they gave the decision, just I was going through whatever else in life. And then I just attached to really good things. I always felt that you have to get through really bad things. This could be my first amateur fight was like the hardest fight. I still remember it and everything. And after the fight, I had a crazy headache. I'm dehydrated. I'm sitting there and I'm in like physical pain. And I'm like, this is awesome. I won. <laughs> like it was all worth it. But then I think also that attaches this, which is true in boxing. You have to face resistance to get the um, enjoyment. And so when I won this last fight, I felt like almost anticlimactic because I didn't suffer a lot of pain. <laughs> so I'm kind of sh shifting my paradigm to a place where I'm seeing myself as someone who, yeah, you know what? I've worked a lot. I've really worked hard. I've, I've trained for years and years of my life consistency, consistently, and I've never taken breaks. I've never been lazy. I've always been committed. I'm trying to do my best. And I, I think that now I'm getting to a spot where it's like, yeah, Steve, it's okay. You deserve good things too. And accept it. And, and I think that last fight was um, the first one where I was like, it took me a while. Like a week after the fight, I was still kind of like sketchy and like I can never sleep after a fight and I have all this adrenaline and all this crazy stuff going on. But I was like, you know what? I, I did it. I earned it. I deserve it. So now um, I'm, I'm seeing everything in a little bit of a different light. And I think that it's going to continue to develop in this positive way. And I'm going to continue to build in this um, proactive way where I'm doing good things, not expecting bad things. So it's very good. And a lot of that is credit to Vlad. Coach is like, he's fueling me, man, every day. Feel like that's uh, it's it's a nice story. It's at the end of the day, like a bunch of bad shit happened, and then you got a nice gold belt, and now okay. you're now you're gonna go on. You're signed to a promotion. You got you have potential to fight four or five times this year. Who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, and I mean, things. yeah, like, sorry, Luke, what's up? I was just gonna say, big things are gonna happen. Like, Absolutely. you just know it, right? It, it it's good. Um, I remember that after you won that belt, that belt, you had it face down, and uh, you were bent over, and and I think Vlad or somebody took a picture of you um, as you were doing it, and everybody's like, "Dude, why can't you even look at the belt?" And you're just like, "Cause it just has all this uh, meaning behind it." I don't remember exactly what you wrote, but I was like, "Yeah, man, you know it. It was it was easy to read it, to, especially as somebody that that has fought to to go. I I can have a a better glimpse of how he's feeling." At, at this moment, right? Like why he can't just be celebrating and it's like on, on to the next thing. We're not there yet, you know? Yeah, that one was, that was heavy for me, man. I mean, it's like, it, well, that's like the name of the game. You have to push through and like, you have to get through all this stuff, beat all these doubts, face all this adversity and fight somebody who's doing the exact same thing as you. And then and then it just it meant so much to me. And I just I go back and it was like we're getting booed because we're in Montreal. I'm trying to be nice, like I'm still being polite on the interview. I'm like, you know, I'll give him a rematch, I'll do that. Like and then I go back and I I just like couldn't believe it. I was like 
And that one was good because they gave me a full camp. They actually gave me notice for the fight, which was kind of rare in my situation. Where They gave me an eight-week camp or even like nine weeks or something. And it's like, then I can show what I can do. I can, If you give me a fair shot, I'll beat anybody in the world at 140. And I'm like, I've been in the game for a long time and I'm like realizing it now. And then that, that was another thing when I'm looking at the belt, I'm like, this is my whole life. Let's like flip this over. This thing's looking at my soul right now. So I just, I flipped it and I just kind of sat there and take a deep breath. And then you see coaches right beside me because he's got my back. He he like grounds me. He holds me down when I'm not, you know, when I'm kind of in that kind of state or I'm like falling apart, I can always turn to him, which is a nice thing. And I think that that's how you build bonds in a in such a crazy sport. You build bonds with people who actually care about you. And there's like a lot of good people in this sport. And I think that picture is one of my favorites because it's, you know, from the well, from the heart, I'm just doing something I didn't even know. <laughs> you know, I was just I was just living, and that that uh, I love that picture. Did I love you, that picture. Did you get it printed off? I have copies of it. I don't have like a big blown up one. You need but, to get uh, that done. That would be cool. That would be make a nice addition to the gym. Well, visual reminders are nice too. Very true, and uh, that was an experience. So that's a good visual reminder. Definitely mm -hmm. a good visual reminder. All right. Okay. So another show had a gentleman named Tyson Cave on. Do you know this guy? Yep. He said he could whoop anybody in Canada from 122 pounds to 140 pounds and then proceeded to call out Mr. Cam O'Connell. But isn't Tyson fighting at like 26 or like, you know, I, I believe he's a smaller guy. Actually, he messaged me not too long ago, said he's coming to Calgary and he wanted to spar and do some work. So, never know. I mean... <laughs> If he if he wants Cam, Cam's on far away. Cam's comes to spar as well. Um, we'll see. I mean, Tyson's a um, smaller guy. He's a little bit older. I don't know if he's coming up weight. Probably fighting at one thirty right now. Even if he is big, but uh, hey, good good talk, good, <laughs> good words, good like you know, good for him. But um, I don't know though because you don't. It's it's like uh, size in the boxing game makes a big difference. If you're 122, you're gonna have a tough time fighting at 140. That oh, being shoot. said, one time I did spar with Celestino Caballero, and he was walking around at like 150. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And he's fighting at 122, 126. I've never seen anybody do that kind of weight cut in my life. Um, yeah, so that's like forty pounds for somebody my size, which is insane. Right, the percentage. Right, like percentage-wise, right? Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if Tyson wants to come in, get some rounds in the gym, let's do it. Um, I, he's been inactive though. He's we'll fighting he's... soon. Okay, well maybe that's why he's coming to get some rounds. Maybe he's building up some adversity, building up some confrontation, so that the hype gets built. No, he's like fifty-six, so. We'll see what happens. He's thirty. I got, Tyson's another guy that I got nothing bad to say about. I like Tyson because him and I have been buddies for a while. So <laughs> that's um, I'm wishing him the best too. I'm rooting for Canadian fighters, man. There's only a couple that I don't. Uh, 
I don't know. Let's talk about the ones you don't like, Steve. We need some controversy on here. Come on, Steve. No, I just kidding. Well, the only guy that I didn't like, I had a thing against was Sam Vargas, but that was when we were going to fight at 147. Nowadays, we're at different weight classes, so we're like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't even dislike the dude or anything. He just do, go do his thing. I even saw him in Montreal. I had a feeling, and I was like, because he was sparring with Eves getting ready for the fight. And I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if I see Sam at the weigh-ins or something, and he starts it. So I was like, well, I was kind of like on the edge. I was like, well, let's just be ready just in case. And then when I was walking out to the fight, I was like going to the ring. Like as I was going out to the ring, I looked. And I see Sam, he's looking at me. And I just didn't even give him, I just kept going. But I don't think there's bad blood there either. I'm trying to be civil, guys. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When it's fight time, I'm trying to take my opponent out. I don't care. I'm nice outside of the ring, but inside the ring, I'm going to take his head off, man. Like That's something that I always say. You want him gone for like 12 seconds because you want it to, the count's got to be good. And then you want him to be fine after. But that 12 seconds, kill him. And then after that, hopefully he's okay. You know, uh, balance. The ironic <laughs> balance of, uh, of a polite fighter. <laughs> Steve's so funny. From the heart. I, I can't help it. It's from the heart. <laughs> well, Tyson Cave is 36 years old. I'll, I'll be honest. He's not a bad guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. But uh, we obviously are going to back our boy Cam on this show. Right. If you're going to call Cam out, we're going to shit talk you. It's going to happen. Right. So, uh, actually, I hope Tyson wins this fight. We're the Alberta version of Manny Montreal. We just back our guys. But, but That's we don't, fucking but we don't make insulting. It. But, don't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we don't. But we don't. Wow. But we don't. We, we can admit when we make mistakes around this show. Hence the right. tattoos. Right. You don't. You don't make a, a forty-minute vlog talking to the camera, explaining yourself about uh, completely being wrong and trying to bash everyone else. You know. No, we do not do that. We make videos. Special? <laughs> He's special. We make videos about people and ask them if they're dating said person, or right. uh, or just debunk everything that they said by scoring by rounds. Oh, yeah, right. That one is awesome. That's how you do it. Or you can, I like the childish approach as well because it's more fun. Why not? Hey, if you're going to put a video out there that's super serious all the time, nobody's going to watch it. It's boring. Right. You got to kind of mix it up. Throw them curveball every once in a while. Call some names. Fight somebody out. In, <laughs> you know, start some, uh, start some shit for no reason. That's why we bring Tanner, Luke yeah, on the show. Yeah, Throw a curveball, Tanner. Be nice for a week. See if you can do it. Hey, I don't want. <laughs> like, fuck you, right now on the show. Fuck you, not happening. Not happening. I don't no. want ratings to go down. That's true. One nice guy's enough. Steve. Yeah. That's me, buddy. I'm, I'm representing Canada. Nice, polite, well-educated, and multicultural. Nice. Right. <laughs> what are you reading? Um, yeah. The Alchemist, but I'm rereading it. Ooh. I like that book actually. That is a good book, man. I, I do like that book too. Yeah. You got, then, you got the copy that's got like the pages are like torn, like it's kind of rougher. You know what I mean? Like on the on the edges, it, it sort of looks like it's an old book. I got this. But one. open it up. What are the pages like? Are they regular pages? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just regular pages. They're regular, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they're regular. 
Yeah. Still good. Still same principle. But you know what I mean, right? How you can get some of those books that kind of look like they're they're older right. or whatever that kind of goes along. Yeah, like, I really like reading that book. Give them a little character. Yeah. And right now, I'm on a roll, buddy. I'm reading like three books a week right now. I'm tearing it. So, lots of information. Let's see if I can do anything with it. <laughs> That's a lot of. Where the hell do you. Wow. When do you make time to read? Yeah. Well, I read every night, read a little bit in the morning. Speed read. I like to read in the morning so that I don't. Okay, here's a here's a, a little thing that I like to do in the morning when I first get up. I don't want to be reactive to the world, so I don't check my phone. I don't sit. I don't look at all this uh, shit coming in randomly. Where I'll have to react to that. I want to create, so I read. I write. I cook. I stretch, and I do things from inside for me, not from outside coming in towards me so because of this i find that i start my days on this good edge where i'm like oh yeah i'm like creating i'm not reacting and then i'm, I'm kind of in you know command of my own psyche and then when i do things like this any day i start my day writing and reading you know writing notes and reading good books i feel awesome today um i did exactly that so i've been having a pretty kick-ass day so far and I think this is a good routine. I think that a lot of fighters, especially when you start to get the social media demon following you, and you see a lot of these guys, they just become so consumed by it. And then it's a weird and tricky balance where social media is funny. It's like the less you give a shit about it, the more they give a shit about you. <laughs> it's like you just make stuff and like don't really care. But it's like if you're really chasing it, trying to do it, people... They can see it. You can kind of, you know, you just got to give back. Just do things that people are interested in. And I feel like, I don't know, man, you got to steer your own ship. Focus on your own thing. Don't react too too much. So little habits like that are good stuff. Here's yeah, what I find it. rewarding, Steve. I, If I get up in the morning and somebody shit-talked me online or sent me a death threat private message, that shit gets me going. Because if somebody's hating on you, you're obviously doing something right. Right. And it's never a bad thing to win a battle to start your day. Correct. If you win a nice battle and you you start your day with a W, well, nothing wrong with that. You got some momentum. I like that. So you get up at five, Tanner. So you get up at yeah. five and do you check social media or do you go right to the gym? Uh, no, I get up at five. I make coffee. I'll drink a liter of water first, though. And then obviously go to the bathroom because that's a shit ton of water at 5 a.m. Yeah. I'll sit down, I'll drink my coffee, watch Sports Center, get my kid up, get her off to school. Then I'm out the door to the gym, then I'm home. Then I have a shake, and then I'll talk shit on the internet. All right, routines. Yeah. Unlike this morning where I got up and I posted a funny video of, the, of that belly pad challenge. Yes, which, which, there you go, Steve. I did wake up this morning. I did check my phone. And then I was fucking reactive for the morning. <laughs> <laughs> to the belly pad challenge? Did you see the video? John, John no, Wayne Parr. What is it? What is it? I gotta see. John Wayne, John Wayne Parr, Thai boxer from Australia. You know who that is? Right? I've heard the name. He, he had posted a video a while ago about the one-minute belly pad challenge. So the idea is at the end of the day of training – your partner wears the belly pad, right? Tie for him, tie boxing belly pad, smaller than the boxing chest protector pad. 
And then you got one minute to try to knock your partner down with body shots, right? So try to pummel their body with body shots, power shots, you know. So his his technique, like he just was wailing on them, right? Technique started to slip, got a little gas, couldn't knock them down. So I I had went up to Edmonton with some boys up there in Sherwood Park and and I had tagged them in this challenge. I was like, we should do this on the on the weekend. And so we we did it and it was not fun. And yeah. then uh, I did it up in Edmonton with Jelena and um, Brad Switzer, right? right? So Brad was hitting Jelena. Brad's seven feet tall, three hundred pounds. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so then Adam Braidwood posted a video two days ago saying he doesn't fuck around. He doesn't need a I whole minute to do the, and he not launched that kid. And so Tanner <laughs> did one too this morning. So yeah, you know, it's it would have been good if he found that 90 year old woman to do it though. Tanner, that would have been priceless. That'd have been good. Oh, I tried to get a really old lady to do it, but she wouldn't. And she'll stand tall. That would be even better. That would have been the, I would have had her stand up just, though. Take it. Right. Yeah. And then she just doesn't <laughs> fold from it. That would have been beautiful. Yeah. So my video, actually, a guy from my gym who's a super fan of the podcast, this guy actually, like, listened to, like, 130 episodes in a week. I don't know where you find all that time. Shit. But he took the video, and he did a bunch of videos. It's funny. It was meant to be funny. Luke got upset and cried. It's okay. I didn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) What? The belly, the belly pad challenge is a is a funny is a funny thing. I think more people should do it, and I just have get, terrible yeah. technique. Yeah, I should get into. I should do one of those. That's good. But a minute's a long time, though. A minute. That's, is dude, that's what I've been saying to Tanner. Like he's keeps saying it's a dumb drill, and and it is. It, it is. And I agree with you, man. It is supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be something fun to do with your training partners. But what happens is you got a minute, and and Tanner's right. He's like he's like take that minute. Pick your shots and pummel yeah. that body and, and make it count, right? But guys are like, I got a minute. I got to just go like a retard. And you you end up gassing out, right? I mean, yeah. you throw, you know, you kind of got to breathe in. And, and that was with Jelena. She was cracking me. Brad goes 30 seconds and she kind of goes, fuck, like, and then keeps right. going for 30. And then she texts me later. She's like, you're just lucky I'm at the beginning of my training camp. And I started <laughs> laughing. I was like, I was like, you can hit me whenever you want, Jelena. I don't care. Eight weeks from now, we'll do it again. It'll that's be fun. She can crack, though. A fighter. Exactly. And I think that's what's fun, too. When you're with guys that you're regularly with, you know, we just finished 10 rounds or 12 rounds each of sparring. And, uh, and you know, and then you put the belly pads on and you just now it's like, hey, we didn't knock anybody down during sparring. So let's try it now. Like, well, you know what? Know. The thing about the belly pad is it's good, but accuracy is everything. So if you're trying to put your buddy down, you aim for the solar plex and you aim for the liver. Mm-hmm. So you give him a nice two-piece, maybe a 22-piece, and hit him right there, right there, right there. There's no way, buddy. He'll be going down. Yeah. So a lot of the problems with what I see people doing exactly is exactly what Luke's saying. They're going nuts. Yeah. So like. There's a huge difference between a real punch that's perfectly executed and a punch that you're just throwing all willy-nilly because you're a spaz. Right. Now, if you threw four punches that were perfect uh, as hard as you could but with perfect form, that's very different than throwing 60 shitty punches. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a method. Nobody will last one minute with me. Let's. Ch- I'll put that challenge. Oh there. shit! I'm going to Calgary. I'm, on, I'm in. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to Calgary. I'm coming down there. I'm actually going there next Monday. We got the that big was the plan. 
body shield as well, the big one. But hey, uh, I put got the big, big, big rival big body one. shield. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the one I always wear, man. A little tie box and belly pad. That's that's. So you got to do that. It can't be, okay. can't be a big one. <laughs> what are you walking around at these days? I'm like 54, 154 right now. Yeah, that would suck. I don't like, to, yeah, I don't like to cut lots, so I'm around there. I'm fighting at 140. Not, you know, as you get through camp, you cut down a little bit and then do your water cut, easy work. And then 140 is a good weight for me, man. But yeah, probably like 154. Even walk around weight, like that's what what's funny for me because I was fighting at 147 for so long, but I was like, uh, just that was just like walk around weight almost. I'm not actually a big big. Like, I'm a really small 147, but I'm, like, a pretty good size 140. So, yeah, walking around 154 is fit. It fits. What's the next weight class down? 135, lightweight. Ooh. Could you make that? I have been thinking about it. Ooh, I'm thrilling. not sure. I fought there once before. I mean, it was probably six years ago, but... Five like, I don't know. I don't know. There is, I, some, I, there is something to be at that that you know, bit bit bigger and just you got that you got that power, you got that speed still at that weight at one forty and you just you're moving that extra five pounds, cutting that off could right. could make a world of difference, right? And then there's a the tricky balance though, right? It's like sometimes I see a lot of fighters and they're like they're doing everything to make the weight. But it's like, you got to fight too. Like, don't forget about the fight. Like, yeah. everyone's like throwing themselves trying to make weight. And I understand you get the advantage. Obviously, there's more of an advantage in MMA because you're wrestling. But in boxing, there still is an advantage. You clinch. You are the bigger man. You push. You do this. You, you know, the punch has got more weight behind them. But anytime you're pushing that limit, it's a tricky thing because I once upon a time had a fight in the Philippines at 138. I left Calgary at 141 thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be an easy cut. No problem. I get there, and I weighed 154 pounds. Whoa. And I was like, oh, man, water retention, high altitude in the flight. And I thought I had six days to make the weight, but you lose a day going over there. So I had five days to make the weight. I starved myself. I didn't eat anything. I fainted three times. I got a uh, um, swollen hand. <laughs> like, I had all this stuff. And then I herniated a disc in the middle of the fight. And because of that, I shied away from weight cut for a while. I went back up to 147. And now I have got to the world stage where 147 fighters are huge. And now I think 140 is perfect because it's not too, too much. I still make the cut, but it doesn't kill me to do. I'd have to do a tester. If I was going to do 135, i got to test it once or twice yeah. just in the gym. And then never know, though, because, uh, you know, five pounds ain't too, too much. And you do it properly in camp. And, like, even the last fight, I made 140. And then they had us, because it was for the IBF title, we had to do a weigh-in the day of the fight as well. Which I looked up online, by the way, and I remember seeing David Lemieux and Curtis Stevens. And they did the same thing, but Lemieux just didn't show up to the weigh-in. And Curtis <laughs> Stevens went and did it. <laughs> and I was like, maybe this is strategy. But it worked out in the long run in my favor because because the fight was for the IBF title, they have to have IBF judges, which means they're not local judges. Only one judge was from Montreal. 
Um, and I mean, that could have been a saving grace for me. So a good thing that I did make the double weigh in. I made weight both days and the, the, the rule was that you just can't gain 10 pounds. And I was like, I wouldn't do that anyways. Right. And so we'll see. I mean, 35 is, if there was good fights at 35, you never know. But uh, right now I'm sitting at 140, pretty happy. And I would love, there's a couple guys I'd like to fight in the weight class. And um, we'll see. I mean, well, let's see what the future holds. See what I can get up to in the gym. And if I can do it, why not? I'd like to see 35 because I think you'd be a monster at 35. I would be a big, big, big 35. That's for- But there's guys who are huge. I don't know, some people cut so much weight, it's ridiculous. It's like a weird. Weird sport, weird little addition to the sport, the whole weight cut thing. So what's a normal weight cut for you then, like five pounds? Well, over the camp, I'll trim down. I like to try and, like, I'm like, I try and stay around the 150 spot during the most of the camp. And then as I get closer to fight time, I start chipping away at it, go a little bit lighter, uh, kind of strategically diet. I'm doing specific types of interval training where I'm burning lots of fat. Um, I'm doing what I always called an early night where you stop eating pretty early, but I guess nowadays I call it intermittent fasting. Um, And then I just cut, I probably water cut like the last couple days, like five pounds in a bit, maybe it may be a bit more, but usually I do it pretty by the book structured i've done it so many times now i got a pretty good system going and um just gradually throughout camp and then do that little water weight cut last like you want the cut to be as short as possible you want to be like cut go way in and then come back you feel good you don't want to cut like two days ago and now you're starving for two days because that's going to tax your body so i like to kind of stick to the program now you don't want to lay in a tub for like seven hours and have Tanner yell at you and make fun of you and shit like that. Worst no, shit ever. Worst shit, worst shit ever. I've seen the weight cut demon too many times being in the sport for so long. Luke has the worst weight cuts of all time. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, he eats ice cream. <laughs> like... It's fucking ridiculous. I've never seen anything like that. I haven't had ice cream forever, but I, I did have ice cream on the weekend. Just one piece <laughs> cake. That being said, they do say to get your uh, calorie count and your, your, you know, your, what is it, your glycogen, glycogen stores back up after weigh-in. It does, it is beneficial to have certain processed foods and quick foods and kind of snacky foods while recharging your body because you just need to get that in after you're cutting so much. So I don't know about before weight cut, but after weight cut, maybe you can get away with some things like that. He just means during camp, not like the two <laughs> days before. It's not like I'm pounding ice cream the day before a weight cut, like a fat person that's like starting my diet on Monday, so I'm going to eat everything in the house this weekend. It's like, you dumb fuck, just get rid of it. I've been better. I've been way better. Like Here's a typical weight cut for Luke, okay? Luke, we're a month out. You're 205. We got to make 185. We need to get you down to 196. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to eat ice cream for the next three weeks, and you guys can go fuck yourselves. And then... Uh, <laughs> The the day of the weight the the weight cut you guys are gonna have to die with me for seven hours in a sauna, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Where's my teeth? <laughs> that was that was excruciating. It was one time. Last one wasn't bad. It was March bad enough. Bad. Three hours, four hours in the sauna. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a fighter, you always have a story or a couple stories of bad weight cuts. Whew. That'll happen. Well, the reason it was so bad for Tanner was because he went and cut weight with all the other guys that could go to the public public pool to cut it in the sauna and the hot tub, and I had my kids and stuff. So then he came over at like eight thirty, and then so he spent like four hours, five hours in the hot tub and sauna with the rest of the guys and then came over and spent five or six hours in the bathroom with me while I was just sitting in the tub and the girlfriend was pouring boiling water in the tub, right, to get the weight off. And then, I, yeah, it was, it was rough. And then we spent two hours the next morning in the sauna again. Yeah, it was a procedure to say the least. Yeah. Oh, Steve, you don't even, that's not even half the story. <laughs> that's the beginning. <laughs> I, I cut weight for two days with guys then I had to get all of them to the weigh-ins. Right. And then I had to argue with the commission about the scale because the scale was broken. Being And I'm 20 pounds down. Right. He, he actually cut more weight than me. It was bad, <laughs> man. <laughs> and he didn't even sit in the tub. Hey, teamwork makes the dream work, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. <laughs> I'm going to get that as a tramp stamp now on my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, we're coming close to the time here, Steve. What are your What's sponsors? That? You have sponsors right now? I have a few sponsors. Um, Cook Custom Homes. These guys make the best homes in Calgary. That's pretty much the main guy that I got to shout out because that's my buddy. And um, I mean, now I'm working with Dynamic YYC. So now we're doing this movement training stuff. So. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen like who is that guy? Ido Portel, the the Brazilian fella who's like uh is a movement specialist and they do all touch this. Butt, touch butt touch yeah. button in the park. That Grab guy. ass in the yeah. park. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're along those lines, but lots of it is like um maintenance work just like we're working on that stuff. I mean the the guys at Dynamic YYC, we're working on just making my machine function properly and they're really helping me out so that one's a really good one too um and then shout out to my team golden stars boxing team and vlad those are the these are the main players and everything so those are the guys i got a shout out what are you driving right now uh scion tc i always ask him what his vehicles are because they're always sick that was, a, that was this one's nice. This one's a nice little like cruise around car, not too like fancy, nothing, just kind of nice. What was the last one? The loud one. The Nissan. Is that, um, is that what it was? The black one or the white one from that video? I can't remember if it was white or black. You're talking about the one from his video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The 350. The 350Z. Yeah. Where'd, yeah where'd that go? Or 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 the. GTR. Maybe it was the GTR. It was the GTR. The white one's the GTR. The summer whip, buddy. Oh, you got that put away? Yeah. <laughs> I like just wait till you see with uh, the vehicles and stuff. Just watch next year. We'll let let's uh, see what I can cook up. Uh, I nice. like it. I like it. Like are these like vehicles like does somebody help you like sponsor these vehicles to you? Or do you are you just buying these? 
I'm not buying these. I I'm I'm uh well I have had a long experience, long career in boxing where I had to negotiate with people who are hard asses, who don't give a shit about you, and through this trial and error process I've become very good at negotiation. So I talk my way into these sorts of things and I make good deals. That's what I like, Steve. Fucking gangster. Just wait till I start my promotional company, buddy. We're going to be off the charts. Next question. Where is your clothing line? Because Luke and I are going to be going to Quebec in the summertime. You need something to rock. Yeah. Okay. Just I'm to on piss it. them I'm off. Max, mm -hmm. my manager, is... Uh, we're working on... A, oh, we're working on a really good something. I can't speak about it because it's not signed and official yet, but we're working on something real... Really nice. So the S Dragon clothing will be coming out very, very soon. Maybe yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely need one of those shirts signed by you so we can um, give it to Manny Montreal and tell him right. Steve said Steve didn't say it, but we know he meant go fuck yourself. And, yeah, right. you know, so right. we can give him the we'll shirt. Give him a gift, right? Yeah, I'm I'm in for that one. I like that. Luke, did yeah. you ever collect our liver shot shirts? No, <laughs> Steve. Steve never had them. Oh, I yeah. went there. You never had them. I have them right here. Good. I'll wear one when you do the <laughs> belly pad challenge so you know where it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got to put it on top of the belly pad so it's in, so he has a target, though. You train, you train in the mornings? I train mornings and afternoon. Yeah. What time you train in the morning? 10 a.m. Oh, shit. Tuesday, 10 a.m.? Tuesday, 10 a.m. Can we do the podcast via phone on uh, Tuesday, Tanner? Uh, yeah, probably if you put Skype on it. Because I could probably, I'm driving down to Calgary Monday night. I could just grab a hotel room and come down for a Steve Cleggett body massage on Tuesday. That's a specialty of mine. I would be happy to share with you. Hey, fuck yeah, I'm gonna, we'll plan that. I'll, I'll call you after we're done. We'll, we'll make some plans. I'll come down there on Monday. Nice. Yeah. This all better get video recorded. Of course it will. Post it online. Of course awesome. it will. I already told you what I'm going to do. I'm aiming for the vitals. I already know that. That's fine. That's all right. <laughs> you're going to hey, pee you're blood. Right. You can take Wouldn't be the first dude. time. Wouldn't be the first time. Well, hey, if I can eat, if I can eat kicks off that liver for for rounds after a time, I can I can eat some 150 pound right. body shots. You'll be good. You'll be good. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'm more scared of that than anything. I'm more scared of Steve than I am of Brad because I know Brad wasn't going to actually hit me as hard as he could. I just I just had that feeling. He's too nice. Where Steve's smaller, so I know that Steve's not going <laughs> to care. He's going to rip those, and I would expect nothing less. Hey, so. I'm very I'm very nice as well, but in boxing, you can't be too nice because nobody else is nice. Please don't be nice to him, Steve. Oh, don't be nice. I'll be disappointed if you're not nice. I promise you, I won't be nice with my body shots. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the only other person I think that would actually really suck for that would be, would be uh, you know, somebody like Cam, you know, that we know closely. Right. Like, Cam, Cam would be, Cam would suck to, to do that challenge with. Um, right. Yeah. Who Jelena was rough Jelena? too, man. When she, when she ripped five or six together, that was the tough part. When she was trying for those single shots, I could take that shit all day long. Right, right. You know who would be the give worst? give Steve the tip. Adam Braid would be the worst. Well, yeah, he's, he's way he's bigger. He's throwing some weight behind it. That's oh for sure. Oh, my God. He's, he punch. hits so hard. Yeah, he can punch. Yeah. 
All right, Steve, let's get you out of here. Uh, Thanks, social Steve. media, where is it? It's, uh, Steve Clyde yes. on Facebook, obviously. All you got to look up is S Dragon. S Dragon. You'll find me everywhere. All right, brother. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Keep us informed as to what you're doing, when you're going to fight, and so we can mess with your opponent. That'd be great. Absolutely, boys. Yeah, Thanks, you don't man. have to. We can. <laughs> we got a good balance going teamwork, teamwork. dream work. <laughs> All right, Steve. We'll talk to you later. Later, Thanks, boys. Steve. Bye. Mr. Spicer. What's we up, buddy? We have a decision to make with this show, and we should probably make it right now. Are we recording right now still? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So it's been brought to our attention that our name for this show doesn't work. Yes, I've been. People don't get it. They don't, they don't, they're not in on the joke. So. I don't know what to do, so do we put a poll out on Instagram, and do we change the name of the show? Good. Yeah. Could, could put a poll out and let the fans decide. Yeah. I think our fans that are already listening, they'll already listen to the show. You know what I mean? They might be able to give us some insight, but, I mean, they're already listening, so whether we change the name or not, they're tuning in because they'll know. So. It's 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 acquiring some new fans, some some more fans, not new. We love our current fans, but uh, you know, some of them continuing to grow, continuing to grow. Yeah, fuck you, Pepsi, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, uh, I I I think that we we probably could. I don't know. I don't know what to do. We've come up with a couple options. If the fans vote that we should change the name because it doesn't make sense, then maybe we'll put the options. We'll put two different options out. And then we'll, we can let the fans decide on what we should change it to. And we'll give Luke the Spice Life podcast and he can do Boring Librarian podcasts on there. <laughs> <laughs> With monotone speakers. Yeah. Hello, my name is Luke Spicer, and I like to read self-help books. They're pretty good. Fuck you, they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got nothing coming up? Nothing, nothing right now. I'm gonna go back to the. Uh, I'm gonna go to the pool. I talked to this really smart guy. He, uh, he told me that I should try swimming here for the next couple weeks because my strength coach is gone. So I'm going to uh, I'm still going to go to the gym and do a couple probably boot camp days because I, I still enjoy slinging around some weights, man. Like I know you know what we're talking about, but I'm going to start swimming. See what that see what uh, see what happens. I'm going to add that in for my uh, some I'm of a, my cardio days. That smart person was me, and I would like for you to just take my advice for that two weeks and don't touch one weight. It's only two weeks. If it doesn't work, I'll let you punch me. I'll let you do the body shot challenge on me with no pad. Well, the two weeks started yesterday, but oh. I was still too under the weather to actually like go swimming. Okay. I don't want to. I'm waiting. I'm waiting until I. I feel pretty good, and I know that if I go and I get my heart rate up and I breathe a lot, I'm just gonna be coughing. Like I'm still kind of congested. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I want to get over it. But I, I, I'm really thinking I'm gonna try to go do it tomorrow. Just after I drop the kids off, yeah. go go for a swim and and see. I'll see how I feel after the swim. I might not do the row, just just depending on uh, on on what the swim does for my lungs. 
but uh, I got to do something. Bang out some lanes. Well, the the thing is, you haven't dropped a pound. Like you've been. No, you've well, been, I dropped three. I was two hundred three on the weekend. But now you're two hundred six. Like I did, did come down. Well, I haven't worked out all week. I haven't done anything. But now you're two hundred six. Yeah, I didn't weigh myself this morning. Two hundred five yesterday. Two hundred five. Huh. Yeah. You kind of fluctuate in between that two hundred two to two hundred five area. Like one day you'll be two hundred two, and I feel like you're just fucking super dehydrated. <laughs> And then yeah. the next day you'll be two oh six. Cause I'm cause I'm drinking more water. Yeah. My water stays pretty consistent. You know, I, I'm always drinking. Like I that's why I have that big jug. So I know did I did I get it all in? You know, did I get all my water in and whatever else? So yeah. um yeah. Probably stop eating ice cream. And uh, I haven't I'm just kidding, man. My diet's been way better. Like way better. Yeah. I've been I've been really just yeah, doing it. The odd day I've kind of grabbed something of the kids and I just no, I don't want that. And put it away. Yeah, I've been I've been waving. Yeah, exactly. Discipline, man. Just get it done. Uh, it, it's been a long process for you to get that in your brain. <laughs> yeah, but it's bigger than that too. We've, we've talked about that, man. It's like I mean, I know it's easy for you to say, but uh, you know, dealing with that stress and stuff, and all those years of drinking, and just turn into a bottle, and then drink until I can't stop. And because I pass out, it's the same thing with food, man. When I get stressed, it's like I'll just eat and eat and eat. I'll eat till I get sick, like legitimately puke. That's fucked up. It is fucked up, but I haven't done that in a long time, like a long time. Because I just because I I can I can usually catch it now, where I'm like going, fuck, I'm just gonna demolish this bag of chips or whatever else, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I was like, I, I don't need to do that. So I go to the gym or I go work out or I do something different. Like instead of eating, I just prefer if you jerked off and choked yourself or something. <laughs> I'll put that up on the storyline tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think it'll probably get deleted if you're uh, actually going to jerk off on your story and choke yourself. But uh, I think somebody monitors that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know if we got anything coming up. Uh, I will say I will be in Edmonton around the 1st of March. I'll be making a trip to Edmonton. So if anybody there wants to get some rounds in, let's do this. Because I'm back in the gym now full time, which is nice. Doing stupid videos. Punching people. Yeah. You found that video hilarious, didn't you? It was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. I thought the guy did a good job. So what, what's Buddy's name that's the super fan? Is that the guy you tagged in it? Derek Stout, I think his name is, yeah. Thanks, Derek. It was a cool, He made the video too then. Yeah, he recorded it, took it home, edited it, put all that other shit in there. He did a good job. Yeah. That's what he does. So nice. he's like a mark, online marketing video. I don't know what the fuck he does actually, to tell you the truth. So he recorded it. He wasn't the guy you, you punched. No, that was Nick. And then the guy, so, but the guy, that this Derek, is he training at the gym too, or he just came down to the gym? Well, he tries to train at the gym. Okay. We can nice. shit, we can shit talk him if you want. It's all good. He's got red hair. Well, I wasn't going to shit talk him until he said he had red hair. And then I was like, <laughs> all this stuff started popping in my head. But, uh, no, <laughs> no, that was cool though. So he just goes, he just, he's like, he just loves to go to the gym, loves to get some rounds in. But that yeah. gym, it's, it's bigger than just a boxing gym, right? Do you have like strength equipment there and everything else or is it just a, a a combat gym it's mostly just a combat gym but there is weights there there's kettlebells they do run a muay thai class out of there twice a week which is nice my wife likes to go do that 
Uh, I actually took my nephew down there last night with me. He did a boxing class. He liked that. He's pretty tired. Give him some discipline. Yeah, the apparently kid could, me. The kid could use some discipline. Apparently me yelling at him and hitting him doesn't do anything. So <laughs> he just doesn't get the point. But no. They got a they got a pretty good kids program down there. Uh, one of their kids actually fought Brody from Red Deer last weekend in oh. Lethbridge. Nice. Yeah, and that's the the fight I posted online. Oh, okay. The little kids fight. So nice. it's good little. They they call it a fun fight. So there's actually no winner. They both win, but uh, but it's a good little tussle. So it was good to see where where our guy was compared to. Compared to the Red Deer guys, because the Red Deer gym is good. They had, uh, they have a good kids program, good coaches and stuff like that. So it was interesting to see, like where our where our little amateur kids are are at here, and we're we're pretty close. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll we'll shout out Counter Punch Gym here in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Uh, if you want to get some rounds in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing rounds down there. Come get your face punched if you want. Or belly pad. Or belly pad. Yeah, we can do the belly pad challenge. Fuck it. Why not? You just have random guys showing up now like, hey, where's that Tanner character? I want to let him hit me and see if I can take it. Oh, that'd be a good little challenge. Can you take the Tanner D-step? Just one punch. The D-step is murderous. That's the that's the, that's the game changer. It's that one. But, hey, uh, if people, somebody can take it. Maybe I'll come back to Red Deer and I'll hit Gary with it again. You unloaded it on me one time on wearing the belly pad, but it wasn't. I still don't think it was quite as hard. I was wearing the big pad, the rival one. You've hit me. You've hit me as hard as you could with that big pad. It sucked. Yeah, it's not nice. No, no. But hey, punching power is nice. It's nice to have. Speed kills power, though. Yeah. Good, good thing I got both. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll get the fuck out of here uh we'll be back on tuesday god knows who's coming on are we gonna get are we getting that guy what's his nuts yeah i don't know yet not sure so uh, i won't even say his See. name because every time i say yep. somebody's name it gets fucked up yep so well see guys, you guys tuesday see you tuesday do not listen to the empire sports pro <laughs> peace Okay, guys, unfortunately, at the end of recording this podcast, I did get a text message from Brian Caldwell saying that the uh, the Spokane-Washington fight is off with Cam Awesome because uh, a guy with 500 fights can't get ready on three weeks' notice. This is why we don't like Cam Awesome. So, unfortunately, that fight is off. Uh, and we'll keep you guys posted as to what Brian has going on for the future. Peace.